0: Our passage from which the message will come is page 940 in your pew bibles. Uh, It's John chapter 1 verses 1 through 9, 940 in your pew bibles. We're also going to have it up here. Uh, One of the things that we've done this Advent season as a church is we have set out to memorize John chapter 1 verses 1 through 18, the prologue of the gospel of John. And we've been each week preaching on and looking at this same passage week after week. And a number of you in the congregation have been working on this passage. Tonight for the reading of this passage, we're going to read it all together. But you get to cheat tonight because it's up on the screen or in your hand. So let's together as a congregation recite the first nine verses of the book of John. In the beginning was the Word. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Would you pray with me once more as we come to God's Word in these next moments of looking at this passage? Let's pray together. <clears throat> Lord Jesus, we pause here in this evening and we've heard the account of your apostles who've recorded that Night, that day, that coming that entrance of you the creator of all things we've read here in John you have made all things and yet you entered into your creation as a man so that we might know life Lord Jesus we just settle our hearts we open our hearts and we pray in these next few moments that you by the power of your spirit and the power of your word may open our hearts, our affections, our imaginations anew to ponder the wonder and the glory of you, Lord Jesus, and what you have done, that we would be changed. Come and be at work in your people. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. One of the things that I love about Christmas is the lights. You know, all the lights that are associated with Christmas, you know, you get the lights... On the tree, you get the lights in the windows, you get the lights on the street. You know, in Trenton, we got all the way down the street, you got the lights that come out. The angels and all the different scenes from Christmas. Uh, Christmas is just inseparable from all the lights. My neighbor has a little bit of a Clark Griswold streak in them. They got lights all over their house. They're blinking, they're lighting up, they got a light show on the side of the house. It's one of the really beautiful things about Christmas is that there's light everywhere. Some people go, literally during this season, you go and you like look at lights on different houses. I remember whenever I was a kid, there was this place in Fort Oglethorpe called Christmas Lane. I don't know if anybody ever went there to that place. But it was, I mean, I can't imagine the light bills on this place. Every house was just covered, there wasn't an inch on these houses that didn't have lights, and I remember as a kid just, I mean, we would wait for an hour in our car to be able to drive this one little lane here and see these lights. Christmas is inseparable about light, with light, but it's not just because it's a part of tradition and a part of decoration, it's because light is deeply symbolic for the meaning of Christmas. For what Christmas is all about. We saw it in the passages that we were just reading. Did you notice that as we're reading? All of those different accounts, even the prophecy about the coming of Jesus, about the first Christmas day. Light is is all over the place. We saw it in in the reading of, uh, just the first reading, the reading of Isaiah 9. Where Isaiah is looking ahead, looking far off into the future. Making his prophecy about the coming of the Messiah. And the way that he starts off that prophecy is he says... A people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those walking in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. That's the way that he describes the coming of the Messiah. Later he will say, for to us a child is born. To us a son is given. So the coming of Messiah, the birth and entrance of Messiah into the world... Was to be like the dawning of a light. Like the rising of the sun. Shining out over the darkness of the world. We see it in the story of the Magi. You know this mysterious story. About these travelers from the east. Following this bright star that led them to Jesus. And then there's the scene of the the shepherds. Just imagine what it would be like to be those shepherds. They're out in the fields. And if you've ever been out in the country at night, you know how dark it gets. And they're out there and they're watching over their sheep. And then all of a sudden, the greatest light show you've ever imagined cuts on. Heaven opens up. And the angelic army launches into a chorus of praise. With all of the glory and the light of heaven blasting them right out there in the fields. Light everywhere. And then we come to our passage in John here. And just this, uh, really the light is all over this passage. As he, We just read this, but as he describes it, in him was light, and that light was the life of all mankind. Light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light that gives light to every man has come into the world. For John... Describing the coming of Jesus, describing the person of Jesus, this image of light is so very important. So what I want to talk about in the next few moments is what do we learn from Scripture saying that Christmas is all about light dawning, Jesus as the light of the world coming into the world? What do we learn? And the first thing that we get from all of these images of light is that this world is is a place of darkness. The world is a dark place. You know, as I think about darkness, and I was thinking about this today. What? What's, because we don't, we don't experience darkness a lot anymore. You know, we have electricity and we have street lights, and it, it's kind of hard to get away from all the lights. As I mentioned, if you've ever been way out in the country, you know, you see something of darkness that we're not used to. You know, we, we walk into a room, we flip the lights on, street lights, everything. We're not as acquainted with darkness as those were in most of the history of the world and those in, these, in this day. But I was thinking, what, where have I really experienced darkness? You know what I thought about today? I thought about the boat shoot at Lake Winnie. Anybody ever been to Lake Winnie? We do this every summer. We take Yeah, right up here. We've been to Lake Winnie. We do it every summer. And at Lake Winnie... They've got the boat chute. It's actually my favorite ride there. And if you've ever been there, I mean, it's been there for like 100 years. But if you've ever been on the boat chute, you know, you get in the boat, and then you float really slowly, and you go into the tunnel. And I don't know how they built this thing, but that is the darkest place I've ever been. I mean, you're floating down through there, and as you move away from the light behind you, as you enter in there, and you're floating down through there, it gets darker and darker and darker, and I'm telling you what feels for about 10 minutes, it is so dark. I remember just being there this, this last summer, I couldn't even see my hand in front of my face. It was so incredibly dark. And as I'm sitting in there with my boys, and what do they begin to do? They get a little bit closer, right? They start to get nervous. They, they're, they're asking me, hey, how long is this going to last? Uh, when, does, when do we see light again, all of this? Because the reality about darkness... Especially deep darkness that you can almost feel. That's what it was like. It's scary. You can't see. You can't perceive. You're disoriented. You don't know what is truth. You don't know what's there. And that's a part of this element of fear. When the Bible talks about the world. One of the primary ways that it talks about the world is darkness. What, What it means by that is that the world is a place of evil. It's a place of deception. Where things don't, are not really the way that they appear. That, that, that we walk, that primarily people in the world walk in deception. Not understanding truth. Most especially truth about God it is a place of darkness. As we think about the world when Jesus shows up on the scene. It was incredibly dark. We see that just in the story here. We see Israel living under the impression the oppression of the Roman Empire, we see King Herod, this puppet king, ruling over them and just brutalizing them with oppression. I mean, it would get so bad that, that as a part of this story, he would order the murder of every infant in Bethlehem under the age of two. I would call that darkness. It's an incredibly dark world. Now, as we think about our, day, our, our own day today... The reality is is that the world is just as dark today. Sometimes we forget that. You know, we're in America and we have unprecedented security and comfort and peace compared with history. And we don't always think that, but that, that is the reality. And sometimes we get, we get a little immune to the darkness of the world. But I know that in each one of our lives, we know that darkness. We taste it and experience it in many places. Brokenness of relationships, the bondage of addiction, the breakdown of families. I mean, for some of us, we walk through darkness, especially at Christmas time. So as we see this, as we enter the Christmas story, we see that the Bible over and over is saying the world is a place of darkness. But it also shows us that light is only found in Jesus And the good news of Christmas, the essence of what Christmas means, is that light has come into the world. That's a huge aspect of Christmas. Light cannot come from the world. Light has got to come from the outside. And the good news of Christmas is that it has come in the person of Jesus. John here in the passage calls Him the true light that gives light to every person. What does it mean that Jesus is light? It means that He is truth. That He comes to bring about truth in a world of deception. In a world where we don't see ourselves or reality rightly. Jesus first and foremost reveals. That's what light does. It reveals. It brings to light. Jesus reveals the truth of who God is. Apart from Jesus, you cannot know God. We cannot understand God apart from Jesus. But yet, in the person of Jesus, as we get to know Him, we see the fullness of who God is. He is the radiance of God's glory in the exact representation of His being. That's what the writer of Hebrews says. As we set our gaze on Jesus, we look at the fullness of who God is. We see the truth about God. We also see the truth about ourselves. You know, we can't understand ourselves rightly apart from Jesus. You ever thought about that? We don't understand what it means to be a human apart from looking at the person of Jesus. Because he was the perfect human being. Perfectly obeying his Father in heaven. Perfectly loving God. Perfectly loving his neighbor. Living a a perfect and flourishing human life. As we look at Jesus, we see ourselves more rightly. We see the reality that I'm not what I've been created to be. If that's what it looks like... To be the image of God, as I look at Jesus, what I'm struck with is I am not like Him. So I see myself rightly through Jesus. He brings truth. But He also brings life. Specifically spiritual life. You know, all that we struggle with, all the brokenness and darkness of this world, flows from our broken relationship with God. And so what Jesus has come to do is bring life, spiritual life, By reconciling us to God, the very source of life. So as we look at Jesus, He is the light that brings life, as John says here. Life is found only in Him. And here's the third thing to see here. Darkness cannot overcome the light of Christ. You know, the nature of light is that it shines in darkness. I mean, when when I'm in uh, the boat shoot at Lake Winnie, you know, there's as you're going down through there, there's a couple like spots where there's like a little pinhole in the tin roof there. And the sunlight shines through. I mean, just a little tiny pinhole. But that beam of light coming from that tiny pinhole, it looks like a shaft of something that you can grab. It's so bright. It's so vivid. It's so strong. It's a tremendous picture how in the darkness, light shines. Think about what light does. You walk into a room, you cut the lights on. Light chases away darkness. It shines in the darkness. Darkness cannot overcome light, as John says here. In fact, darkness is, is not anything unto itself. It's only the absence of light. And so when light comes into darkness, it overcomes it that is tremendous hope for each one of us here tonight that Jesus overcomes the darkness i don't know what you're walking through i imagine that many of us are walking through some aspect of darkness in our life at the very least we've known dark days in our life we we know what it is to experience brokenness in our relationships We know what it's like to find ourselves in circumstances that do not make sense. Incredibly difficult circumstances. We know what it's like to feel a weight of depression over our hearts that will not lift. And we don't understand why it's there. We know what it's like to struggle with bondage in our life. To, to want to live in this way, but yet find ourselves enslaved and living in a way that we hate in our life. We, we know what it's like to experience the fracturing of relationships. We know the reality of darkness, but here is the hope. Jesus shines in the darkness. It does not matter how dark it is. It does not matter how deep that pain of shame or loss is in your life. It doesn't matter how hard your circumstances are. It it doesn't matter how difficult relationships in your life are. None of those things matter because the reality is, no matter how dark it is, the light of Christ shines in the darkness. and That is our hope. That is our hope, no matter how dark it is. Jesus will go on to teach later in this gospel, remarkably, that not only is he the light of the world, but those who are in union with him become the light of the world. That's pretty astounding to think about, isn't it? He will say in his Sermon on the Mount, you, speaking to us, if you're a follower of Jesus, this is what he says to us, you are the light of the world. The church is those who've been rescued out of the dominion of darkness and brought into union with Christ, we are the light of the world. We are the hope of the world. Jesus says we're like a city set on a hill that shines out into the darkness of this world. Not because there's any light in us. Not because we're, we're smart or we're strong or we've got it all figured out. No, the light is not us, it's Christ in us. But yet, that is the reality. We are the light of the world. As we walk in union with Christ, we are called to shine the light of Christ everywhere that He takes us. To the darkest places. The darkest relationships. The darkest circumstances. Our calling is to shine the hope and the light of Christ. So here's what I want to challenge you to. I'm just imagining that Tonight, tomorrow, for the coming week. You're going to be in dark situations. You're, you're going to be with family. It's challenging enough. You're going to find yourself in painful situations and encounters. You're going to find yourself in difficulty. You're going to find yourself likely with folks that do not know the light of Christ. Christ. And so here's my encouragement to us. Shine the light of Christ there. Be patient. You're going to have incredible opportunities to show patience when you are wronged in the next week. I'm just guessing. I'm sure I will. You're going to have the opportunity to love. To serve. To forget about yourself. To, to, respond, to respond to insult with love and forgiveness. I want to challenge you to first be united to Christ and then to shine that light into the darkness that you will encounter both tonight and for the rest of the week. That's our calling. Be the light of the world. Let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, you are the light of the world and the reality is is that the darkness in our world and even in our own hearts is great. But we praise you. That the darkness cannot overcome your light. And I pray for each person here. That we would be so rooted in union with you. That we would know hope in every circumstance. That we would know love in in every relationship. And that you would shine your light through us, your people. That you may be glorified. And that we may be renewed. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So we close our time of worship here. And I think a very fitting symbol for what we just talked about. Um, What I'm going to do is I'm going to take this. If you didn't get one of these on the way in. I encourage you to go over here on the table. There should be some more of these candles over here. But I'm going to take one candle. And I'm going to light it. And then I'm going to light someone else's candle. And we're going to light one another's candle. And the light is going to move through the room. And I think it's a very fitting picture of how the light that has come into the world. And initially was small. was a little baby. And yet, one day, that light will cover the entire world. And even now, through us, those who are in union with Christ, that light is spreading and shining into the darkness. So, this is a tremendous picture of our calling to be the light of the world as we leave tonight to take the light of Christ out into the world. So, we're going to sing. Let me invite you to stand and we're going to sing Silent Night together as we close our worship.